to another Comics Fondle podcast special, a movie review, hot on the heels of Batman the, the Killing Joke. We have yet another Batman-y movie. Uh, he does show up for a couple of minutes, so yeah, it's another Batman movie. Um, it's The Suicide Squad, and... You know, by the time you listen to this, I, I think the internet has already done a pretty good job of digesting it. Like, it's it's something of a 48-hour turnaround by now for everyone to form their opinion and then form their opinion of what Rotten Tomatoes thought and then try to get Rotten Tomatoes uh, dis- <laughs> dis- disbarred from the league of, of critical excellence or whatever. But, um, you know. Some yeah, people. I, I was I was just at a comic shop uh, on the way here, actually, and like the clerk hadn't seen it yet, so it's still relatively new news to people. And um, now you, you've already posted your review on um, on the stopbutton dot com, and you totally panned the hell out of it. And I, I did. Yeah. So you hate it. Um, I'm not going to say I liked it. Obviously, like it was definitely not a good movie, but. I didn't hate it. I was just kind of bored by it and saddened by by it. Maybe because yeah. I saw Ghostbusters earlier this year, I was a little easier on it because it's like, well, this sucks, but at least it's not like taking a big dump all over something that I love. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not a big enough Deadshot fan to really feel like offended by this as opposed yeah. to Ghostbusters. But yeah, it, it certainly wasn't good. Yeah, and so the other thing, um, yeah, okay, so I have no, I never read Suicide Squad. I've been meaning to for, you know, eight years again, but I never have. I probably had some issues and some back issues because of crossovers and things like that, but never a big Suicide Squad fan, not a Harley Quinn fan, not a David Ayer fan, not a just... The person I like most, well, I mean, besides Viola Davis, I mean, when Viola Davis signed on to this, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to see it. Um, that was before she did How to Get Away with Murder, and I I assumed she was going to do good um, projects. Um, <laughs> so I had no stake in any of it. Uh, I, I The only thing I wanted from it was Jay Courtney to, like, be the breakout star just to piss off. He was everybody, Captain Boomerang, right? Yeah, he was Captain Boomerang, just to piss everybody online off. But um, he com- he comes off well enough in the movie. He does actually, and and he it, he's, he's amusing and everything. In yeah. <laughs> um. So I I went into it. Um, Yeah, I just... You, I, I know you... I was going to ask if you had read Suicide Squad comics, and I guess you hadn't, but um, the fact that Deadshot is in it... Now, I have to look this up because I wasn't sure if I remembered correctly, but Deadshot is, in fact, a Batman villain originally. Deadshot? Yeah, I think... And he actually, he actually showed up, like, all the way back in the 50s in, in a tuxedo, like, with a mustache. Like, he had, right. a, he had a completely different look, but the, the look that he has in the movie is I guess from like the the Doug Mank uh, 80s Batman era? No, no, no. So Deadshot's first appearance, um, let's see here, was 19, I want to say 74. Uh, with as, this as, he look. looks na- yes. as he looks now? Okay, um, so he was like a, a Denny O'Neill era uh, kind yeah, of let's see revived character. Here. He was, son of a bitch, he was always Floyd Lawton, apparently, but let's see. His comeback was in... Because the thing was, like, at some point watching the movie, I was thinking, man, between the Joker and Harley Quinn and Deadshot and Killer Croc, this is, and, and Batman showing up for a couple scenes, this is like half a Batman movie or a quarter of one or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that was one of the things that, uh, was not part of, um, the Suicide Squad was, it was not a, uh, it was not a Batman villain comic. I mean, it was just a mix of the guys from... Although, Barry, apparently, I mean, you know, although, Captain, although apparently one of the early uh, lineups from the comic had the Penguin as a team member, which is a bit odd. 
Yeah, I can't. I, uh, how am I having so much trouble figuring out when this Deadshot costume is from? Uh, well, it doesn't really matter because Will Smith only wears the mask in like two scenes. In the and whole the mask movie. looks like crap. <laughs> I mean, that's another problem with it is the mask looks like crap. It's um, not. It's not best designed for generic anyways. Yeah, it's very weird. It's. Uh, I remember when the the first image from this came out. Um, you know, with the cast assembled in costume, the, the basic reaction was so DC or Warner Brothers didn't even want to hire good cosplay to costume designers. <laughs> right. It sort of looks like um, sort of a hot topic, uh, movie or hot, you know, the hot topic uh, Death Squad. Yeah, and hot topic actually is, I guess, where you can buy your Harley Quinn and Joker costumes. But, um, yeah, I feel like Deadshot came back in the 70s. Um, of course, Harley Quinn is uh, from Batman the Animated Series and then the comics. The Joker's tossed in. You know, it's just like... The other thing was, is this was promoted as a very big Warner Brothers house movie. You know, they they wanted to show off Margot Robbie as their sort of go-to female lead. Um, Will Smith has been doing movies at Warner. There was uh, Tom Hardy was originally going to play the Joel Kinnaman role. He was originally going to play that shit Rick Flagg role, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, but scheduling... Well, isn't, isn't kind of the point of this movie almost what the point of Batman v Superman was, which is just to like uh, rapidly expand the DC cinematic universe as quickly as possible. So let's do a movie about a team. That way we can have a bunch of characters in one movie. Well, I mean, that's certainly what it seems like. Um, you know, we... I didn't, because I mean, I think you and I didn't really you know, weren't as down on Batman v Superman as much as uh, most people were. But Suicide Squad has a ton of problems. One of the biggest ones to me is the biggest problem that Batman v Superman had, which is that it's trying to cram in too much stuff and too many characters. Yeah, and I... Which is like purely this corporate expedient decision based on competing with the Marvel brand. Right. And they're in this this very weird position now where this movie is going to make more money than Guardians of the Galaxy, which was considered Marvel's, you know, proof of concept that they had gone. They, they didn't need superheroes. They were their own brand. Um, the difference is that that movie's insanely overrated critically and... Um, Suicide Squad, people seem to be pretty dead on about, you know. Well, it's it's so similar to Batman v Superman in that um, it's getting critically panned but doing okay. Yeah, and doing well. And um, making money. I saw, yeah. I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline the other day. Um, I believe it was at uh, Comics Beat. That or the beat, I can't remember what you're supposed to call the site itself. But uh, it was, what if Suicide Squad is Warner Brothers' um, Fast and the Furious franchise? Um, which to me just meant, what if it's their sort of money maker that gets panned critically and they don't give a shit? I don't, I think that's giving them a bit too much credit because. As, as everybody has pointed out, you can tell the movie was, like, edited 50 times. Well, and aired uh, the other <laughs> it was, day. It, it was seemingly edited in real time as, as they were making it, and every every 20 minutes up until the, the day of release. Well, Ayer, uh, the director, David Ayer, said there were six or seven cuts, and, I, I mean, that sort of tells you he doesn't even know how many cuts there were. It's <laughs> like a really response, you know, that's... That's a Kubrickian uh, statement. I don't know how many cuts of my movie the studio did. Uh, and this is very different because Warner was trying to sell these movies as director-driven versus Marvel's presumably studio-driven approach. And it's definitely appealing to an audience. It's just appealing to a very... Well, I mean, I saw the movie with a bunch of 13-year-olds. I've never felt that old in my life. <laughs> and uh, they really went for it. Um, when we were leaving, uh, 
my friend overheard a couple nine-year-olds saying it was a boring piece of shit, though. So <laughs> I have some hope for, you know, that generation. And yeah. I Well, you know, when I saw it, um, it was kind of a mixed ages crowd. But next to me was, like, this young girl who was definitely there for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt... I kind of felt bad for her because I don't like the Harley Quinn character. No. But I I do respect that she's this crossover right. mains, mainstream character who could potentially get young girls and girls of all ages um, reading comics, and that's always a good thing. So, but even even with that, this movie seems like it was a big letdown for a lot of Harley Quinn fans, I would have to think. Yeah. I think that, um, especially because she, by this point, DC has turned her into this character independent of the Joker. Right. Where it's not that she's Joker's, you know, hench girl, girlfriend, you know, squeeze. She's his ex-girlfriend, and she's, like, independent now, and she has her own title in the comics. And I, th- I, I, I assumed that's how it would be in the movie, but no, she's still his girlfriend to the point where his whole excuse for showing up for intermittent cameos is that he's trying to uh, get her back. Yeah. Uh, the Joker's a whole different thing because... it. <sighs> So the plot of the movie, uh, which is very poorly, um, once the once the action starts, uh, one of the people on the Suicide Squad goes rogue and is villain, and uh, there's thought, zombies or something. <laughs> you know, yeah, the fact that the fact that Enchantress uh, is going to be a part of the squad and then effectively becomes the villain or the catalyst for the villain. Um, watching the movie, that just felt like bad, lazy screenwriting where it's just too much of a coincidence yeah. that the villain, that the threat originates so close to the heroes and has this direct connection to Rick Flag. But after the movie and thinking about how many edits the movie must have gone through, Probably David Ayer was doing, he had written it that way as some kind of satirical swipe at government's secret actions, creating new problems like the CIA funding the Taliban in the 80s and inadvertently creating, you know, uh, Islamic terrorism. Wow. Because, well, but like, because you think of it that way, it seems so obvious and there probably there has to have been a scene that got cut where Will Smith or whoever was like, "Hey, wait a minute! You're telling me that we have to clean up your mess that you know you created when you were starting this team? Like, you know, man, screw you!" But it, it just goes totally unacknowledged, which is weird. Even when the Suicide Squad finds out that you know Enchantress is Rick Flag's girlfriend and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah and there's a big scene of that with. Um Will Smith being I read one review that said the problem is Will Smith's too much the movie star in this. I don't agree with it, but I feel like that's the performance he's giving and he's he's marginally better than a lot of his co-stars, but I I had a weird newfound respect for him after this movie yeah. where I was walking out and I was thinking, "Man, Will Smith is not a good actor, but I know a little better today what it means to be a movie star because being a movie star means that you can take material like this right. and, and somehow not and somehow walk away from it not completely having embarrassed yourself and actually yeah. and take taking crap and and just really selling it just selling crap as well as you can that's what a guy like Will Smith can do for your movie right and. Yeah, he's a weird casting for Deadshot, if only because I think Deadshot was always sort of, I don't, I I assume he was on the cartoon at some point, but he didn't really have a lot of characterization. He certainly didn't have a daughter, uh, at least when he first showed up. Um, It's kind of... 
Well, how much more generic a character, a bad guy character can you get than super assassin? Well, the other thing, I mean, in the whole, the problem with the super assassin bit is that he's, Air's not very good at any of this. Is is the real problem is Air's not good at this. He's not good at having Will Smith rappel down a building. When we saw the set photos, it looked like shit. And guess what? It looks like shit in the movie. Um so he's not good at tension. He's not uh, whoever edited together the assassination at the beginning uh trying to wow you in a PG-13 movie was not good at um the technology that they wanted to integrate into it. The sort of problem with where the DC movies are now is that it's a combination of technology, uh, which we saw in the Batman movie, right? He had a lot of, he had the Batman tech, but uh, sort of on overdrive. And then uh, the, the whole superhuman thing. And in the last movie, which the movie opens with everybody sad that Superman died in just this terrible, like, 30-second mix of uh, a newspaper headline on a crap set and... Um, and a guy and, selling memorial T-shirts. Yeah, and then I think a, a cut to the funeral footage from the, the other movie. So it's... Um, and this is what some DC fanboys uh, a couple of years ago were all excited about was, is that the DC movies weren't going to, they were going to sort of be like, I don't know, a series in and of themselves, like, which the Marvel movies do to some extent, but the DC movies, the events in one would directly. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. They are, I mean, we're three movies into this and each, each one, uh, well, this one and Batman v Superman right. are, so they so heavily reference the preceding movie. Right. And the way that Batman v Superman opened with the Zod and Superman fighting scene right. from uh, from Man of Steel. Of course it was it was new footage versus this, but Right. Um And I, I just there are superhumans and everybody knows about them, whereas in Batman I, it's just a problem. Well, it's just I don't, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but it, it was odd how in um, Batman v Superman, it's established that Batman has been doing his thing. This guy, Superman, is sort of new to the scene because Batman hasn't heard of him yet. And then during their conflict that comprises the movie, uh, they we learn that, in fact, there are other superpowered beings out there. And that's the setup for Justice League to come. Uh, in Suicide Squad, it's like, oh, apparently there are all these uh, supervillains running around. Right. They've been running around this whole time. And the Flash has been doing his own thing for we don't know how long. Right. And it's a very – it's just weird. I mean, it's – it's like uh, the Warner Brothers execs saw what worked in the Marvel movies and then said, we're not going to do that. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to copy them, but we're going to do it differently. And by differently, we mean wrong. We're going to do what they're doing, but wrong. Yeah, and it's like neither of us are big fans of the Marvel movies. Um, but there is a certain level of competence to them that I guess – at this point, I just assumed was natural, but isn't. But actually, natural, I, natural to what the superhero movie genre? Yeah, that they that we'd reached a point where people were going to figure out how to do this. I mean, they can do it on the TV shows pretty well. Um, there's just, I mean, especially in Suicide Squad, because there's no real establishing of characters. There's no real. Uh, there's this prison that this abusive guard sort of is our um, entry point into. We, we sort of see it through his point of view, except not really because all the editing is so uh, choppy and clearly yeah. not what Air was thinking. And the, but what I was actually getting at is, is that these are all supposed to be building off of Man of Steel. Man of Steel had no setup for any other fucking superheroes. Like... 
It just didn't. You can say it did, and you can be like, they didn't directly say there wasn't, you know, the Enchantress running around or uh, Killer Croc or the fire. I mean, El Diablo's as powerful as, you know, Doomsday, practically, right? (laughs) Like, he can light anything on fire forever and never get tired, you know? Yeah. No, Man of Steel absolutely was a standalone thing, and they probably weren't even thinking about in, they, Introducing a, 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 DC, a DC cinematic universe at the time. That's why that movie actually is coherent. Yeah, I mean, people people shat all over Man of Steel. I think you and I both agree it was at least okay. Oh, I love it. I mean, I yeah, I watched and, it again. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Um, but there's a real coherency that you're able to get when your movie is just about one godlike person, right? <laughs> instead of instead of multiple ones. Um, well, and speaking and speaking of godlike or not, I mean, the whole setup for this movie is kind of absurd because they do try to build off of Batman v Superman by having Viola Davis saying, "What if the next Superman is a bad guy? We need uh, a team of superpowered people to combat him." And it's like, but who besides Enchantress who goes nuts and screws things up? And El Diablo, they don't have any powered people on their team. No, it's they've got they've, they've got a, an Aussie who throws boomerangs, and a really good marksman, and uh, a, a crazy uh, groupie of the Joker. Yeah, if they'd done it, and I mean that's kind of the problem with um, Air's script is um, it's it's really just poorly conceived if they'd had the same set i mean the movie goes on forever it's a two hours and it's boring the whole fucking time so but if they'd opened it with you know their first mission all together and then the enchantress betrays them that would have been far better you know you would have had rapport between the people you could have had deadshot treating harley like a a daughter you could have had rick flag man crushing on deadshot you know Boomerang yeah. could be getting drunk. Who well, flirted one, with Katana? Him. The, like, the one scene, the one scene where they do achieve some chemistry, and you get an idea of how the movie might have been okay is is uh, when they're in the bar together, yeah. just you know bantering. Um, but the rest of it, you know, with like chopping heads off the uh, CGI mud men and dealing with the big swirling vortex of the Enchantress's brothers generic end of the world thing at the end. Um, it really points up how none of these guys have superpowers except for El Diablo, who they all have to rely on to Does save the day. Does he die in this? He does, doesn't he? Uh, I, if he did, I didn't even notice. I think he but... does. I think he burns himself out. Oh, they, like, blow him up. Uh, <sighs> I mean, but, they, you know, yeah. all, all they really had to do to keep this movie grounded and have some potential for the ensemble cast was don't have a big apocalyptic plot have them make the mission like that they have to go on a heist or something yeah i mean make it more make it more like a traditional down-to-earth kind of action movie right and obviously the whole all of it lands at air's feet because even if the acting ended better the script was bad his direction's bad etc but yeah, it's just so – the other thing is, is that some of the stuff that you read about the making of it and these sort of fan theories, the problem with the DC movies are is those those stupid fucking fan theories are actually better than <laughs> – Yeah, and, it, does, it doesn't take much. Right. But, yeah. Did, is it my imagination? I know it's not my imagination, but did they not advertise this movie as if the Joker were going to be the villain? Instead, they did. instead of an extended cameo. <laughs> right, they did. And then somebody along the way was, oh, and the Joker doesn't even like play into it. That scene where he's going to hurt somebody really bad is Harley. And it's like, oh, so... And then I, the plot synopsis leaked a while ago, but it seemed, it seemed stronger in that um, they had more than one mission. But when I saw the trailers, when I saw that footage from uh, Comic-Con last year, it was pretty clear to me that they didn't have more than one setting. It was pretty clear they didn't have a good mission. 
and it was clear that air was tr- i mean this they're saying this cost 160 million to make there's no good excuse for that the thing shoots on less sets than you know a sitcom like it's i'll bet a lot of it went to getting will smith well yeah hiring these people and i think um yeah that's a good point <laughs> 20 but, you million know, down the can just to Will Smith. Yeah. But, you know, part of the reason I've, I it would have made sense for the Joker to be the villain is that could have uh, explained why Harley Quinn is in the team because then they could have a scene like where they're right. saying, you're the, only, you're the only one who knows how he thinks, Harley. I mean, we need, we need, you're the only one who knows where his old hideout is. We need, you know, we need your help. And then it would have been suspenseful if she was going to double cross the team or not because she says she's done with him. But right. Yeah, There's that, so that's many big, big wasted opportunity. The Joker is completely unnecessary in this movie. Yeah. The other thing is, um, cause I mean, we can sit here and we can, you can sit here, you can sit someplace and just fix suicide squad. You put the general Stanwick at the beginning, you know, telling everybody that, uh, Viola Davis is going to be wrong. You, you know, I don't know, have Lois Lane cover something. If you really wanted to make DC movies. Yeah, they could have gone out, out of all out of more with it. They right. could have had Lois, Lois Lane covering the story right. or something. I mean, anything. And they don't do any of that. And it, it just, the, the extent of that is like a really short cameo by the flash and uh, a couple of short cameos by Ben Affleck in and out of costume right. after he's after he's put on a little weight since Batman v Superman. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed his cheeks puffing out of oh. the bat mask a little bit more than they did in Batman oh, yeah. v Superman. I, I also missed the epilogue. I, I... It's just yeah. it's just Ben Affleck saying something emin- eminently forgettable to right. Viola Davis. And it's just like, how do they? So it's very frustrating that you know growing up with Batman the movie um growing especially I think for me because I saw it go from you know I saw it sort of establish itself um my experience with the character and the brand and the franchise was with the Adam West TV show and reruns. And then, you know, I found the comics and they were nothing like that. And then we got this movie that really, uh, it, it, it made Batman, it made you think of Batman differently after for however many years, the public, the general public thought of him as Adam West. Um, even in the seventies when Adam West reprised the role, in those fucking TV movies. So (laughs) it was this big change and it's, it's sort of, and it's just the thing that you, you feel like Warner should at least, you know, ironically, I think if, um, instead of trying to build a cinematic universe, if they just committed to making a new Batman movie every two or three years, they would have as reliable a franchise as anything you could think of or anything that Marvel could do. Right. If and I, I feel if they like just treat if they just treated it like James Bond, basically. Right. And I and and you know they announced that Affleck was signed to six of the solo fucking movies and he was going to be doing what? it. Too. No, he isn't. But I'm just saying that. Okay. If they approached this like James yeah, Bond, yeah, right. If they did that, sure. yeah. If they did it, and I mean that's a pretty damn good idea, but um, they're not going to do it because they're terrible. <laughs> but you know, it's so simple. But I think that's all they really had to do to reliably make money on comic book movies is well, just commit commit to Batman. Yeah, and so because because again, like I said at the beginning, the Suicide Squad is like half a Batman movie already. Right, and. I will say the only the only time that I thought it looked good was the street scene with Will Smith um, dressed like yeah Superfly. that scene was totally fine and, yeah. and it was clearly shot on a limited set but whoever you know did the set decorating did a great job and and it's Will Smith and it's Ben Affleck and they're two you know actors who know how to do this right. kind of thing I mean, it was a terrible scene just, but yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know it's it just. Uh, 
it 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 worked fine. I mean, it's it's it wasn't embarrassing like right. much, I mean, much of the rest of the movie. Some of my issue, I guess, with it was is that this was the first time we got to see Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman in a normal situation. In the in the last one, the introduction to the initial introduction to Batman is through the the cops' perspective. So we never actually see, you know, Ben Affleck just go out and you know fight crime. Um, the closest is the chase action sequences and that one. And, and then there's the extended fight scene at the end, but this one had the opportunity to really define the Ben Affleck Batman character. And it sort of just takes a big pass on it. He shows a lot more personality in the released footage from the, this justice league where apparently the death of Superman has inspired him to, you know, be an ironic dick instead of just a dick. <laughs> um, it's and it. I think he looks fine, and I'm still looking forward to the eventual eventual solo Ben Affleck uh, Batman I, I movie. I was until I realized that the villain's going to be fucking Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, but we're... then again, I mean, look, nothing. Nothing's for sure with 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 DC's cinematic universe because they're just they're changing things on a dime every day That's, depending on that you is know, true um, the latest latest tr- uh, Twitter trends. One one actually would hope in some ways, but no, I think that and Affleck hasn't said that, and only Jared Leto has. But yeah. You know, <sighs> Did it bother you that he wasn't insane at all? Because it bothered me that he Let wasn't Joker. insane. Yeah. He's not crazy. There'd be no reason for him to have extended it's... sessions with a psychologist. He wouldn't be in Arkham Asylum. He'd be... They'd just fucking shoot him full of uh, whatever. Uh, the fucking, you know... Excuse me, injection. not insane. Would a man who is not insane tattoo the word damaged on his forehead, Andrew? I think not. You know what I think happened with that? Remember, remember uh, the publicity photo of him uh, came out all tatted up. And uh-huh. The internet unanimously was like, "This looks like shit." They actually responded. There was actually some official uh, response saying, "Like, well, don't worry, he's not, you know, gonna have tattoos throughout the whole movie." Or you uh-huh. know, like. And I, I, I think they might have actually gone back through this and frame by frame tried to, like, bleach out the uh, damage on his forehead a little bit. Not to get rid of it completely, but I, just to make it less yeah, prominent. I didn't – I did, did not um, stand out, but – Yeah, I'm, po- I'm positive they did that after the, after the backlash to what a stupid idea <laughs> the tatted-up Joker is. I mean, there's also the problem that, you know, Air wants to be very um, – wants a lot of realism with his villains, which is uh, immediately impossible with Harley Quinn. Um, just the it's way immediately they... impossible with all this stuff. Well, no, but you know, he wants to do the El Diablo, um, L.A. gangbanger um, tragedy oh, yeah. thing. And the problem is, is El Diablo has all those tattoos. And the basic idea is he's been firing up all the rival gangs. And that's how he, like, got to... I, the the issue is is that it's just not it's just not conceivable that this family man would be that with those kids in that living situation would be completely tatted out with you know basically a, a sign on his face that says supervillain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's you know this exaggerated stupid um, from Air who goes for that kind of thing. I mean the, the thing about him is is that he's never. I mean, I haven't seen one of his movies since Street Kings, which he didn't write. If he if he did a write a draft of the screenplay, it was after uh, James Elroy did a story for it, so he wasn't in charge of the plotting. But he's never impressed. Um, nobody like I know there are people out there who really like Fury, but I, I don't really buy into that. I don't believe that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like seriously, that. Um, he, he just seems to – an end of watch, I know, has its fans, but just conceptually, he's a really bad pick for this. 
Um, and the problem is, is that nobody at Warner seemed to realize that they didn't seem to re they've now realized supposedly that, um, these movies are so shitty that they needed to bring in Jeff Johns from DC, uh, in a, in a far more hands-on role to guide these movies. What everyone's forgetting is that he did that with green lantern and that was a complete piece of shit. Like it's just, I don't Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of a, I wonder how much humor was in David Ayer's original cut because one of the things like in all the lead up to this movie, um, back, back when, Deadpool came out, I remember like the day after Deadpool was a big hit, suddenly you saw blurbs online saying they're going to reshoot new material for uh, for Suicide Squad and make it more humorous mm-hmm. and add, make it more irreverent and wacky because that's apparently what people like if after they did Deadpool. That, um, I don't think they employed anyone with a sense of humor Whatsoever. I think what they tried to do was like make it try to make it quote unquote funnier through erratic editing, and that's why the first twenty minutes when they're showing you those flashbacks yeah. of the characters, it has like these Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe esque uh, splashes of comics style graphics across the screen, and the the wacky soundtrack choices, which are all like way too on point. Yeah, um, that's probably how they tried to make it uh, more "quote unquote" fun or well, funny. I mean, it the the last rumor um, that's irrelevant. I mean, and I want to get to that how irrelevant it is um, that you know the critical response to it. But the last rumor was they had the people who cut the trailer and airs versions and they showed both of those and they took the best scored parts of both and they assembled the theatrical cut. So it was cut together, uh, you know, a two hour movie was cut together by guys who cut together, you know, funny trailers, like mainstream trailers, which which would explain a lot. (laughs) The best reaction this movie got was from the uh, initial trailer because it was cut to Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. and And that's fun. So... But I just think I just read an article today. Um, got Mendelssohn over at Forbes doing his rundown of, you know, why isn't um, Suicide Squad a disaster? And it's it's you know because it's going to make money. It's not like the DC movies bombed. And one of his points is is you know they they, they they're hitting bottom. They do have to get better in some ways, right? And the thing is is I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. I think accidentally someday down the line, maybe it'll be Ben Affleck's um, Batman. Maybe it'll be Man of Steel 2, which they're, I guess, going ahead with. It, it could be Aquaman. I don't think it'll be The Flash, but who knows? Well, Something's you know going to be good. You know what? Um, speaking optimistically, I could see this being the bottom of the barrel uh, in terms of <laughs> their movies because it's hard to imagine it really being... Uh, lamer than this. Right. But, you know, something that's going to help a lot, and it's really simple, and I already mentioned it, is just make movies about individual characters. Like, stop trying to make each one of these, like, an all-star team-up. Right. I'm and sure... I'm, po- I'm positive Wonder Woman is going to be better than Suicide Squad, if only because... It, it's got a narrative of its own. It, yeah. it can just be about Wonder Woman. Right. And they can focus on that. And, you know, we'll see um, if this... I guess, I didn't see Civil War, so I don't know if this was successful there. Like, I don't know if the... Yeah, nor, of, nor did I. So, I mean, if, if... I guess if Marvel can do it with that and it's, you know, acceptable, whatever, but... Well, the, the thing that Marvel fans like to point out is that Marvel does a movie about this character and that character and that character and then they do the team up movie. And they the, don't they don't throw all these people together for the first time in a new movie. Like Suicide Squad or to some extent like Batman v Superman. Well, I wonder <coughs> Excuse me. 
I wonder um, when this movie sort of went up in prestige, it was already in pre-production with David Ayer. And hold on, I actually need to cough. Hold on. To some de- to some degree, I mean, the prestige of this movie is based entirely on Harley Quinn and the Joker because they're the only you know the Joker is this. I just bet. The Joker is this pop culture icon, and Harley Quinn is this pop culture icon who hasn't been in a movie yet. Right. So all of the excitement was kind of centered around that. I meant more the casting, that they're like, look, we have Academy Award winner Jared Leto. Look, we got Viola Davis. We got um, Will Smith. Um, um, I, I'm, I don't think many people, aside from you and, and a few others, cared that Viola Davis was in this. It added respectability to the project. Okay. I mean, think about because uh, I just watched Dread again this weekend. Oh, isn't she the chief judge in that? No, no, no. no. But think about how they could have done a Suicide Squad. You know, I mean, <laughs> just like if they'd seen Dread. I mean, and it's just the idea, and they sort of. I mean, it could have been anything. What if they'd been going up again? What if they'd had to take down the Joker? And somebody else. The Joker, Harley Quinn, and the Penguin, right? Like, there's a team-up. Or it's just something. And well, then it's just, well, then it's just a Batman movie, which is kind of my point earlier. That's true. Okay, fine. Ba- uh, Joker, Harley Quinn, and... I don't know. Lex Luthor. I mean, just anything. I mean... It's just... You have... The thing is, you have all these um, characters that people don't know or care about. Um, and I know that's kind of an obvious observation to make, but at least with Justice League, people have heard of Aquaman, right. exactly, or, or they've heard of um, well, okay, nobody, nobody's, the Flash. Nobody's heard of Cyborg. I can't say that for him, but um, well, they've really been pushing Cyborg in the video games, and okay. I think uh, an untold. Oh, and, and you know what? Uh, uh, people who grew up on like the the um, Teen Titans cartoon. Right. We'll know who Cyborg is. Yeah. So actually, yeah. Okay. So even Cyborg has a more record, you know, more marquee value, right. if you will, than El Diablo or Captain Boomerang. Right. Or, yeah. Poor Killer Croc in this movie. I didn't, I didn't think it was possible. Croc is such a one dimensional character. I didn't really think it was possible to do wrong by him. But, but they do. Yeah. They, they do. managed to, they managed to reduce him to, uh, to, a racial stereotype. He wants a BET in his cell. And um, why, didn't, why didn't they? Why didn't they just have him negotiate for fried chicken too while they were at it? Well, I don't know. Did you catch the line about El Diablo and his burritos? I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah, we haven't even. I mean, there's not really much to say uh, about the racial stereotyping, except there's a lot of it in this. Right, movie. and I mean, you know. Because because when you're when you're juggling this many fucking characters, that's the easiest uh, you know shorthand for establishing who they are. Is just to, I, I couldn't believe actually like when the first um, poster for this movie came out and they have Katana, who's this character, this Asian character who wears a, a red rising sun of Japan uh, on her forehead. I'm like, wow, can they really do that? Can they get away with that uh, in current year 2016? And apparently they can because it's not like there's any no, no Asian if any Asian American defamation groups were going to complain they would have done it by now right and I mean it's she's far from the worst characterization I mean far from the worst yeah it's just it's it's kind of depressing and the, the other thing I guess I was going to say is that the way DC casted it. Um, it's almost like if they'd gone a little bit less big name with the Suicide Squad and bigger name with the supporting cast, it would have felt at least like a, an X-Men first class, which I thought sucked, but some people like that. And they like that sort of the younger heroes and older yeah. establishment. It's just, It's very... It's just, it just doesn't, it's just not good. It's just, it's not a, it's. Well, you know, we're talking about if this is the bottom of the barrel and, 
will the next DC movies be better? And I think some of them will have to be better. Like Wonder Woman, be. Wonder mean, Woman has to be better than this. Right. It's probably going to be better than Batman v Superman right. too for that. You know, yeah, not and too I many, mean, not too many characters problem. But um, where I think there could be a little bit of a, a paradigm shift is when Lego Batman makes more money than all of these movies combined, and DC maybe gets the idea like. Oh, maybe people just want to have fun with these movies and we shouldn't try to right. be the, the dark and angsty answer to Marvel. Maybe we should just full-on try to make fun movies like Marvel does for the I whole just, family. I mean, I understand that they have apprehension after the Joel Schumacher movies, but there's a happy medium. And, you know... I was, think, I was thinking about that. I was thinking Batman and Robin was so bad that... They it literally convinced Warner Brothers that you couldn't make money on Batman, and they didn't try yeah. it. And they didn't try it for another uh, eight years until, hey, look at that! Batman always makes money. Yeah, and okay, so on to why I'm. I feel like continuing on the whole, it's a relevant thing is that. It's making it's making a lot of money, you know. It's it's also creating a real division um, between sort of casual fans or casual superhero movie fans and DC Comics readers, uh, DC Comics fanboys. It's very it's very decisive in a way that the Marvel movies never were. Um, what do you mean decisive? Divisive, not decisive. Oh, divisive. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just very, it's, it's not the time you want to see this, you know, like this isn't what Marvel did. They, I mean, the internet's a far different place now than it was when Iron Man came out, but you know, Marvel managed to sell people on a lot of ideas, a lot crazier than suicide squad. You know, like Thor, the first Thor, and <laughs> yeah. then the second one's just a piece of shit, and people still ate it up. You know, it had it had no, it was dramatically inert. It was beyond dramatically inert, and people still ate it up. And so, you know, they found their magic formula, which I think is basically just making. They figured out how to make Disney movies for teenage boys finally, but Warner Brothers is they have this weird ego problem that they shouldn't have, you know, they're still banking on the dark Knight trilogy. They're still acting like that means something for their, um, well, do you, do you think, I guess like the impetus of getting a writer director like air is they think they can duplicate the success that a writer director like Chris Nolan had with the Batman movies. Well, that has Maybe. to be the that has to be the rationale behind it. I but mean, what did, basically, um, and then they let Zack Snyder do what he wanted to do with two movies, right? Um, I, don't, I just David Ayer he signed for this right after he did Sabotage, that Schwarzenegger movie, and I think that cost something like fifty million bucks on the outside. It was dirt cheap, you know. It was it was less than that, like thirty five million. It was it, it's. Limited sets, you know, shot on video uh, without, you know, video verite. And so I, I think they thought he was a deal. And then they had to up the budget on this after they wanted to uh, save they wanted to save face after Man of Steel got bad reviews. Because the thing is, is that Superman Returns got pretty good reviews. It got backlash from the um, the internet at the time, but it got pretty, it got totally solid reviews. There would be, you know, it got just as good of reviews as Batman Begins did. Nobody started creaming their pants for Nolan until The Dark Knight. So, you know, I mean, maybe it got a little bit less, um, but it had a really negative backlash online. It took forever to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a, I mean, nobody could believe, and I even liked Man of Steel. I couldn't believe they let Snyder do a second one, right? But then again, when you think about how 
poorly uh, received Watchmen was, even with a four-star review from Roger Ebert saying it was the future <laughs> of cinema, you know, I can't believe they let Snyder do another one. And that's just the Warner Brothers way. They Once they get a filmmaker or filmmakers, they just let them do whatever they want and they lose money on them forever. Like, it's just... And then sometimes it goes okay. But, you know, look at... Uh, that stupid uh, Tarzan movie, right? You know, it's like John Carter of, of <laughs> the Apes. You know, it's just maybe not that big of a bomb, but and it's they're producing these. I feel like for overseas, you know, the China market is a big deal, and you know, it doesn't require scenes with Chinese actors in it. It just doesn't matter. It's just there's enough people who go see a movie, you know, percentage wise that it's just a fortune. The population's there. Um, same with other big markets. So yeah, I, I agree that these are, there's going to have to be better ones, but I don't think that you're ever going to go into a DC movie and be like, okay, I'm confident this will be okay. <laughs> now, I paid $5 and 35 cents to see this movie. And I had to buy my friend's ticket cause I drug him along. And this is the first time I've ever, you know, sent an offense or sent a nasty tweet to someone uh, who's on Twitter. But yeah, right after I got done, I, I called David Ayer a hack, and I said I wanted my eleven thirty or my eleven seventy back because it was not worth that. Wow. Like, it's just, I, mm-hmm. it makes you feel old. Like this is. You know, Fast and the Furious. It's like this is what it must have felt like to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you were an adult. You know, it's like <laughs> when your brain had an, had developed enough. Just imagine what that was like. And it's like it's this. You know, it's just it's shitty. In ten years, people will realize it was shitty, or they won't. And it just yeah. doesn't bode well. Well, Marvel, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, the old movie with the Jim Henson puppets and such, was okay, well, yes, a better movie, a better obje- objectively a better movie than Suicide Squad. A movie. Well, yes, but anything is a better movie than Suicide Squad. I <laughs> yeah, mean, fair, the fair killing point. joke is oh god. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, again, I know, that's but, that's that. But but the, much like Ghostbusters remake, the Killing Joke was seeing something that I liked turned into something shitty. Right. Whereas this was just shitty on its own terms, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Although, although apparently uh, Josh Josh uh, Osteoporosis or whatever his name is, the, oh, the creator, creator John Osteoporosis. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, he liked it. Yeah, he released a, a very um, propagandistic statement saying yeah. how it's a great tribute to his comic, blah, blah, blah. And you, I joked that we should read this out loud because there's some really stupid stuff in there and just a complete misunderstanding of film criticism, which is weird since he points out that his uh, his uh, his his wife was a film critic for a small paper. Uh, she also created Suicide Squad with him, Kim Yale. And I just actually, to be a little bit positive, somewhere out there, Heidi McDonald from The Beat gave in. Oh, I think it was on NPR. She talked about Kim Yale, who um, who passed away a long time ago, but did contribute a lot to comics uh, in a short period. Uh, good stuff, not just Suicide Squad. Uh, so it's just this really weird defensive um, post that says in the quote that uh, people were pulling, if, if it's not the dark night, uh, critics don't like it. And the thing is, is that not a single freaking Marvel movie has been the dark night. Not a single freaking X-Men movie has been the dark night. Uh, nobody has seriously taken out ads for best actor, or best supporting actor, except for, you know, the Batman, the Nolan trilogy starting with dark Knight, So I, yeah. And, yeah. and we both hate the dark Knight, yeah. but, um, uh, I hate to, I hate to say it, but I, I do have a little bit more appreciation for Heath Ledger's Joker after seeing Jared. I Pito's always version. liked him. I <laughs> always liked him, but if yeah. only, be, if only because, um, the, the Joker 
has finally devolved to the point where he doesn't make jokes in these in live action movies. Right. Like Jared Leto literally doesn't make a single joke or even try to do anything humorous. I mean, I thought you know Heath Ledger was like uh, boring and pretentious, but um, at least there was a little humor right. with the character. I mean, there was an attempt at it. I mean, yeah. whether or not it was successful or not, it, they they saw it as an aspect of. Yeah, but Jared, Jared Leto's version just takes it even further away. He's, he's playing from Tony the Montana, to, like to, he's, yeah, to the point where he's just like he's just a a, a giggly gangster. Yeah, <clears throat> and when you fall in the pit at the vat of acid, it turns your skin white. That's it's just I don't. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Yeah, that flashback stuff. That was like trying to figure out if that was all supposed to be together in one sequence <laughs> at the beginning of the movie right. or not. Um, yeah, it was really tedious. Probably yeah. my, my, my favorite douchey moment of Jared Leto's Joker was um, when he's carrying, he's flying in the helicopter at the end and one of the goons goes, Hey boss, we got company. And when he turns around to, to look to the goon, uh, he goes, like he just grunts. Like, He's really and you tough. Can, and you can, okay. And you can, well, you can tell that's Jared Leto thinking, like, man, the Joker is like such a primal force of nature. He's like a, such a human monster that you know what? When that goon says that thing, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even use words, man. He no, would just man. he would just growl like like a savage animal. That he okay, is. so just a thought what if jared leto signs on to play michael myers next and does that because i can see that now but um and rob zombies halloween 3d no there's that new one from the director of the guest that they brought carpenter in on like oh, he's actually going to executive produce it he's actually he's out of money and he or they offered him enough oh i didn't even know yeah um yeah i don't know i i yeah well, there's not a, there's not a whole lot else to say about no. it. I, I don't think. Um, oh, Deantward, uh, the oh, South they're suing them, right, or something? This, they're not suing them, but <laughs> uh, the, the the chick from Deantward did throw some shade, saying that they stole their look to uh, add to Harley and Joker in the movie. And look and looking at a picture of the two of them, they do yeah, it seems seems, yeah. seems obvious now. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, if they if they really wanted to get attention they could have cast the antword as the joker and harley i mean they were already in that crappy chappy movie together yeah. so no i think that um they really pushed they wanted to do the joker like they wanted to cast a name as the it, eh. <laughs> yeah eh. but then they but then they didn't even um kind of have the common sense to go all the way with it and just no. have him have him be the villain, yeah. The villain. No, I mean, like, what? No. Are, it, it takes two seconds, but it's like, what are you? What are you thinking? You have, you don't have the most popular villain as a supporting cameo, right. because then that when people see the other, the main villain, they're just going to be thinking, "Where's Joker?" So, <sighs> yeah, not not good. Not, not Suicide good. Squad, but if you're listening to this already, you probably knew that. So. Yeah. We thought, um, we thought we'd add our two cents anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're out of comic book movies for a while, so <laughs> our next special, uh, we'll, we'll this, do a Providence of some kind. We're putting it together. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. Uh, when, when Providence um, concludes a few months from now, we'll definitely do a follow-up, yeah. a wrap-up wrap kind of uh, chat about that, so that'll and, be cool. And that'll be good. So. <laughs> When you open an issue of Providence, you know that it's going to be good. It's not like one of these fucking movies. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to open with this quote, but I, I couldn't come up with it. But uh, for some reason, before we started recording, all I could think was is that the subtitle for the or the tagline for the DC ex- expanded extended universe should be, we wanted a DC movie universe and for our sins, they gave us one. <laughs> because this is what this is. This is, you know... This is what people deserve, really. It's what we deserve. Yeah, it's what we it's it's what no one needs and, and what we deserve. Yeah.
So on that note, um, yeah, come back for the Providence one. We're going to be happy and just <laughs> raring with that one. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening and for Comics Fondle. This has been Matt. And this has been Andrew. And have a good night. <laughs>